hey, 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 hey. All right, what's up, everybody? Just give me one sec. Let me just fix this real quick. All right, we got it up and running. All right, guys, so I'm coming to you guys um, live on Facebook and Instagram. By the way, my name is Tyler Dunn, and if the mic, if the mic pops a little bit, I'm trying to figure out um, I'm trying to figure out real quick as the other mic broke, like not the, not physically like the microphone broke, but my, um, I'll show you real quick. Let me, let me show you. Hang on. So this piece obviously would hang, right? And that's what I'd be using most of the time. So that piece uh, was held by like a rubber band and I had to, like, I don't have another rubber band or anything to use. I tried to patch it and that's what I was using yesterday when I filmed. Um, so right now I'm using this. So it's, so it's like a, it's a little handheld mic, but there's no pop filter. So it's kind of hard to determine where to hold it in order to, um, get the, you know, get crisp or crispy sound without the popping in it where it blows out the, the sound quality on Facebook. So I'm going to do my best not to, to over, I guess, use my voice and not underuse my voice. So you get the perfect sound quality. Now, the cool thing about this is you'll see my face a lot more than with the other mic being in front of my face, right? But, um, and the other thing you can tell is uh, I'm trying to regrow the beard, all right? So a lot of people have asked me that because they're like, oh, like, you're getting, you know, you're growing it out or whatever. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to grow the beard back. So I want to see if it made a difference where the, where the, the stash and the beard itself is going to connect. And if it didn't look like it made much of a difference, um, then I'm going to, I'm going to conclude. I mean, I didn't, I didn't give it a lot of time. Like I did it maybe for, uh, just like the mustache and, the um, I don't know what you call this part underneath the lip, but, um, I just rocked that for, I think like, a, I want to say like a month and a half at least, like as I shaved, um, I shaved a lot. I mean, I probably didn't give it enough time really for the, the actual stash to grow in more, but um, uh, what I came to a conclusion was I did some research and I don't know if that actually works where if you shave a lot in the areas you want to grow, it's going to grow, it's going to grow in everywhere. I, I read that you have to take, um, you have to take, uh, damn, I forgot what the word's called. It, it's called something where you take it and it makes your hair grow in thicker in certain places like right here and then right here and you get a fuller, um, grown beard. I think it's like you got to take supplements. I think is what they call it. Su supplements. I think is what they call them. Or uh, yeah. So that's I, don't know, I guess that's the next move if I want to get it to a certain certain position. But right now I'm going to try to grow it back. And it's the 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 hard thing is when you're growing your beard, right? The hard thing is like right now it doesn't look like much. It just looks like a lot of peach fuzz. It looks like a lot of thing. You know, it hasn't fully grown in yet. So what happens is most people end up shaving it. Cause they're like, Oh, I look bad. But what I like to do is I like to just keep it going only for the fact that, uh, it, it makes me, um, it challenges me to be uncomfortable with the way I look. Right. Cause I know the goal in mind or the idea in my head where I want the beard to go or grow or where to get it to a certain point. Right. But I have, you know, it obviously takes time. It doesn't, it doesn't just grow within a day. So you got to give it time and you have to be patient and you have to um, slowly start trimming it. So like today I might try to get it where um, I might try to just trim up the areas where I want it to grow. Like I want this obvious, I got to fix this part, right? And then underneath 
the um, the jawline and everything. I got to start shaping it where I want it to grow in and where I don't want um, excess hair to be. So that's probably the next step tonight, which is what I'll do is I'll start trying to shape it. And then, um, so you, the cool thing is, cause I'm going to be do I do a lot of these episodes. So you'll, you'll be able to see it in stages of growing the beard. Cause when I first started goals and updates, I, I didn't, I already had the beard where it was. And then I, and then I talked to this, uh, this, the, the woman in fat cats at a bar and she was like, Hey, you got to shave more and then it'll grow in thicker. So what happened was I was like, I'll just shave it and like, just, you know, rock it for a little bit. And then I rocked it for a little bit and I'm like, you know, I really, I really miss the beard. I really I, like, I like the beard a lot. I got a lot of criticism from it. Um, when I shaved it off, like a lot of people started coming out and they're like, Oh, I like it. And a lot of people said they didn't like it. So it was kind of like a, what I saw was like a 50, 50, like most of the people that are really, that I was really close with in my family told me that they didn't really like it. Right. They were like, Oh, you look like a hippie or you look like whatever. But it made me, it made, it made me feel like me. It made me kind of, cause I have, I tell people this all the time. I have the mindset of a 46, 60 year old mindset, but I also feel really young cause I'm only 23. Right. So I'm still very, very young. I just feel old in the sense of like the way I think, as I do think very logical, very, um, I, I think like deep, deeply, like into thoughts and stuff like that. I don't just wander through life. I, it's almost like, uh, and most people that I talk to, they're like, oh, you sound so much older than what you are. And it's because I, I've read into to a lot of different things, right? I read a lot. I do, you know, I try to find information and knowledge that gets me the upper hand. And people around my age only are partying. They're getting, you know, they're trying to get trash. They're doing drugs. They're doing, um, they're wasting time. They're not working really hard. So when people see, you know, what I'm doing and stuff, they're like, oh man, like I wouldn't have guessed you were 23 or, um, and so, and, and so on and stuff like that. But, um, the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, I, I feel a lot older than what I am. I don't mean in like physical condition. I just mean mentally, like when I go out places and I start thinking and I'm, and I'm paying attention to like business and anything like a transaction or anything that's going on in life. I, I feel like, cause I'm always asking questions and like, if I was on an airplane, I'd ask the, the flight attendant, like, what's this? Or I'd ask the pilot, you know, and you can meet the pilot in the beginning and the end. I'd be like, Hey, what's that? You know? So I ask a lot of questions, a lot of questions wherever I am. Like when I'm in the hospital, when I like flip my car and I had to go to the hospital to get x-rays and stuff, I was asking the, the, um, the assistant that was wheeling me around on the wheelchair everywhere. I was asking her questions about machines. I was like, what's that? What's this? How does that work? Right. So I'm constantly trying to find new information that, um, that I'm, you know, and, and some of it's not even stuff that I'm even planning on going in. I just got to know. I, I have a mindset of like, I just need to know what that is and what's going on. Um, just because I want to know, like, I want more information, like feed me more information, the more information I, I, I receive and I understand the more like I can do with like my life, the more I can help other people because I'll help other people understand things. So that's my mentality is like, I'm going to go and, and find the information one way or another, whether that lady's going to tell me that's been in the field for 20 plus years, or if I have to go pick up a book and read about it in a, in a, in a brochure or an actual book from some like a professor or something, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a little bit of what's going on with the beard. And then, uh, you know, I went into other things about going against the crowd, but if you know me, right, if you know me well, 
I'm not scared of going against the crowd. I, you know, the other day, my mom and th- and like, we're just in the beginning portion um, of, of goals and updates right now. Like I'm just updating you guys on my life. That's what I do in the beginning for anyone that's new to this show, goals and updates. I just, the first part of the, of what I'm doing with goals and updates is obviously updates, right? So updates of my life, what's going on in my life. So you understand that I'm human. I'm just like you and that I'm trying to, uh, the stuff that I'm preaching to you guys, the stuff that I'm trying to, uh, uh, on these topics, I'm trying to show you that I'm doing them at the same time with you guys, right? So it's not just me preaching and then, you know, you're going on with your day and, and I'm not committed to doing what I'm telling you guys, what you should be looking at or how you should be viewing something or um, changing like your perspective on, on your mindset, right? I'm doing the same thing every single day. And I struggle, I struggle with like a lot of the stuff that I talk to you guys about, but I'm just aware of it and I'm working on it every single day. Now, um, I think that's basically everything I can update you guys on. Uh, work's been getting a lot better, obviously. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a month and a half in, probably a little bit over a month and a half. I'm still in the probation period. Uh, once I get out of the probation period, it's probably gonna be a lot easier because that's that's three months into uh, working at Cross Country Home Services. I still hit little things like I just did a medical emergency the other day. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's just like um, if someone needs, like, let's say there's no, um, let's say like they need heat because and their and their furnace is out, right? Their furnace is broken and they're an elderly person or they have special needs person or there's some some type of, of person that really needs the, the assistance like right away, or it's like, it's like a medical emergency or just like a regular emergency. Medical emergencies are a little bit more overweight um, or a higher priority than uh, regular emergencies. But uh, what you have to do is you got to call on this list. You got to go and search for a service provider that can go out there within the next 24 to 48 hours. And it's hard because a lot of them are like, I can't do it. Like I don't have the time. I don't have like the space on the calendar to do that. So they give you a list and sometimes it's seven or eight different um, service providers. What's up, Jimmy? Uh, so there's like sometimes seven or eight service providers and I got to call every single service provider until I can get someone within the next 24 to 48 hours. So the cool thing about this job is it's getting me more into cold calling where I got to randomly call someone and like basically pitch them. Done deal investments, the smart way to invest. Hell yeah, man. You already know. You already know, Jimmy. It's the smartest way to invest. Um, but what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, so I got to call through this list of people and uh, I got to try to find someone within the next 24 to 48 hours to assist these people. And then it's uh, a lot more work after that. But um, like the, that's one love. See, yeah, I'll see you soon, man. I'm going to reach back out to you later in like the next like two hours. Um, but anyways, so, um, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of an update in my life. Um, we're going to talk about two topics today and they're going to be, they're, they're actually really good topics. Like if you could hit any one of these episodes, I definitely would recommend doing uh, 68. Uh, this one is reputa- uh, reputation is key to success. Let me just make sure this phone is on uh, silent real quick. All right. So reputation is key to success and never assume. Now these are going to be great topics because I can go into massive detail with these. I have great examples for you guys. And um, what I like to do is I like to give you why I chose the topics and maybe what sparked why I wanted to talk about this. Um, And then I'm going to give you examples of my own life so you guys can relate to it. Now, real quick, we're going to start with the first one, which is uh, reputation is the key to success. Sorry, I popped. I heard it. 
Um, so repetition is key to success. Now, I came across this one because I was listening to a motivational video. And in the video, they were talking about how people hate repeating things, how people don't like to be on a cycle, right? You're on a cycle every single time. You're probably in a routine, right? Uh, every single morning, you probably go and do something, you know, like for me, I can tell you my routine. My routine is I get up, right? And most of the time now, I've been getting up at like 7.30, which I really want to get up at 6.30 and then eventually maybe 5.30. But 6.30 is the key to start off. Like I, I like to start small and then have a bigger goal to hit but I can't just jump to 5.30 because I know it's not going to happen. So I got to go to 6.30, right? But anyways, so I get up at 7.30 almost every single day. I get up, I go and get breakfast and a cup of coffee. I come to the same spot that I'm in right now and I'll go and watch uh, some type of motivational speaker in the morning or what's most common because I, I listen to motivational speaker uh, speaking in the car on the way to work and on the way back, or if I'm just in the car in general, going to like Toastmasters or some type of event or whatever. But the point, um, the point is what I do in the morning is I'll sit here and I'll watch like sales videos or training or something that I really need for my business or for something that's an overall life. So something that's a skill. So I'm watching educational material in the morning and then in the car, I'll watch the motivational um, videos where they'll, they'll talk and, and, pretty much raise your self-confidence and um but anyways i was watching a video in the car that was self-motivational and they were talking about repetition and what they meant by um repetition is like you're stuck in the routine and a lot of people don't like that so they try to change it right so the biggest the biggest issues that i can give you are like the gym right you probably have a set schedule to go to the gym what happens is you normally don't commit to the to going monday wednesday and friday uh, because you get bored and you don't want to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over every single week, right? You want to change it up. So what they're, they're, what they're saying is like the 1% or the 5%, or I think they really use the 6%. It's like 6% and the 1%. Um, they, they're, they're not scared of repetition. Like, in fact, they embrace repetition or constantly doing the same thing over and over and over. And the reason that we know right? Here's where some of the examples will come in. Uh, that reputation works is because think of the gym. If you ever, ever gone to the gym or you know a friend that's very like fit. And what I mean by fit is like really, like really, um, like buff and like they have really defined abs and really defined, uh, um, biceps and back and everything. Right. It's because like they understand what reputation is and they're committed to going to that gym schedule, right? The gym all those days they committed to themselves or in telling themselves that they're going to go and do they've, they've been committed to the gym. So they got the results, right? Same thing goes with work. You want to get promoted and work your way from the bottom up. It's repetition. You got to go there every single day. Works the best one because no matter if you're fit or not fit, you've been doing, you've been working your whole entire life. So that's, and you've been doing probably the same thing every single day for at least five days out of the week, right? So that's repetition. And if you want to get raises, if you want to get promotions, you want to move up into the company, you have to go to that job every single day to show your commitment to the higher up who owns that company, or at least is like, um, uh, you know, a higher up, higher manager and, and prove to them that you're committed to not only just showing up every single day on time, but doing the work in a, in a fashionable, you know, like successfully every single time. So when I first started cross-country home services, 
I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And every, and I was just like, I was getting frustrated. Come home. I was like completely frustrated. I'm like, I don't understand all this stuff. You know, now a month and a half later of constantly going five days out of the week for eight hours a day. And I'm at a point where like, I'm not asking for so much help. Like I'm flying through some of these emails. I'm like, all right, I already recognize this. This is owner code. I got to go do this. Or this is a medical emergency. I got to go do this. Medical emergency is probably a bad example because I'm still working out a lot of the kicks with the medical emergency. But I, I can now under, like if I'm reading a letter from someone, I can, I can pick out that it is a medical emergency before I didn't understand that I had to do a medical emergency, right? So what I'm trying to show you is that I've committed and now what's happening is repetition is kicking in and now I'm getting better at my job, right? That's like, that's, that's with school too, college, right? Uh, after a while, like maybe um, when you get a new schedule, because every single term you get a new college schedule, you might be telling yourself, um, you might be telling yourself like, ah, like it's so rough getting up in the morning, right? Like maybe you have a eight o'clock class and you got to get to class by eight o'clock. And maybe the first two weeks really sucked, right? Because you're not used to getting up at eight in the morning or at least seven in the morning to get there at eight in the morning, right? And eventually after like a month passes, maybe a month and a half going to that class at eight in the morning, every single morning, what happens? Your body gets used to it. You sometimes even wake up before the alarm clock, you get up and get ready or you're on time um, halfway through the class. And if you're not, it means you're not, you're not practicing repetition, but that's what will happen is your body will eventually get used to it. So I know I can get up at six 30 cause I've done it before. I do it for every single Sunday for golf. So I know it's possible, right? Um, the, the problem that I'm having is it's, I'm not doing it every single day. So my body is not getting used to getting up at 6.30 in the morning every single morning. That's the problem. I got I to gotta commit to it. Um, but uh, reputation is what every successful person does. Reputation, uh, sorry for the pop again, but reputation is what keeps you on track. It's what gets you to that next level, right? That next level of confidence. It's what gets you the next level of your desired dream or result, right? Like I have a, I'll give you some examples of my own life real quick. I gave you the work, but I'm working extremely hard right now at getting my weight to 160. I'm one eight. I weighed myself this morning at 182 uh, and a half, 182 and a half, right? Yeah. One sec. 182 and a half. Now, uh, my desired goal, my ultimate massive goal for, for working out is to get to 160, which doesn't sound like a lot. It's, 20, it's, it's um, almost 20 pounds away, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is because you don't lose 20 pounds in a day. You lose like, um, so, and if your weight fluctuates, right? So I've been at like 182, and then like the next day I've been at 184. And the next day I'll be at 183 and then I'll go back up to 185. So the hard part is consistency um, in, in your weight because your weight's always going to fluctuate. You're never going to be the same weight every single day, right? Or every single morning, I should say, because that's when I weigh myself in the morning. Now, um, in order to get to 160, I understand I can't just tell myself, all right, um, I'm just going to go to 160. I got I to gotta find some common ground in between. And so my desired weight right now from 182 and a half is going to be 175. So it makes, it tricks my mind into going, all right, it's a little bit more doable than 160. 160 seems like a long way to go, 
So I'm going halfway to 175, basically, or a little, you know, a little bit more than halfway um, or less um, at 175. Now, the goal is once I get past the 180s and get into the 170s, that's when everything's going to kick in. Like I know for a fact, because my biggest struggle is I can't seem to get past the 180. Right. And I'm like, if I could just get to 179, I'll prove to myself that I can get to 160 or the 160. As I know, like I'll be able to get un- if I can get under the 180, I could definitely get to the, the, the 60s basically. So that's, uh, but it's all reputation. It's going to the gym every single day. It's eating healthier. That's all reputation. Now, um, I'm trying to think I can give you another example of something. Uh, you drive, so driving, right? So driving is a big one too. When you first started driving, like I'll give you my experience of first time driving. Uh, my mom took me to the mall parking lot, all right? And she put me and she's like, all right, we're going to change. And she's like, just, you know, um, you're going to start the car. You're going to put it in drive because she didn't pull it into a spot because like she would take me there when there's no cars there, by the way. So you like, you didn't have any, any chance of crashing into cars that were parked and we would go around the circle because it's just a circle around the mall or like we turn maybe once in a while into different parking, uh, parking areas. And then, but it was always a circle around the, the mall parking lot. Now, when I first started driving, I thought, okay, it can't be that bad, right? step in and I'm, and I was like, Oh wow. Like it's a lot harder than I thought. Cause everything's sensitive, right? Everything's really sensitive. So, and you're not used to the pressure, how much pressure to put on the gas to get it up a little bit, not a lot, a little bit on the brake to, you know, not come to a, a jolt, which I did a lot in the beginning. I think everyone has, I jolted a lot, right? I was just jolting. And then, and then I realized oh, I got put a little bit of pressure and the whole point she was doing that was to get me used to, um, the pressure of the brake and the acceleration. Sometimes people just go right onto the road. I don't, I don't think that's smart. I think the smart way was what my mom did, which was going to the mall parking lot. And there's not a lot of people there because sometimes it get overwhelming. It gets overwhelming when you're on the streets. I remember going from the mall parking lot onto the road. And I mean, I, I was okay, but it is nerve wracking because you're, you're driving with people that um, don't really care that you're a new driver or don't even know you're a new driver on the road, right? They might know the way like you're handling the road, but some people might think you're just, you know, like I've had people cut me off when I was first doing it. I've had people honk the horn at me because I wasn't turning at you know, the time they wanted me to turn um, on like a right on red. Right. So or maybe cutting across lanes. But it was all repetition. Now, you know, I can drive and, and mess with the radio. I can you know, do other things. And the point that I'm trying to make is that's repetition right? That's all repetition. Everyone started somewhere at driving and now you consider yourself an expert, but that's all repetition. Now, um, that, that's probably the best example out of all of them besides the gym. Cause sometimes, you know, there's some people that don't really go to the gym, but at the same time, uh, everyone drives like driving is like, yeah, like 99% of the population probably drives in the United States, right? Or at least 95%, 99 might be pushing it, but 95, at least percent of people drive the United States. It's very important, especially down here in South Florida is everything you got to take highways. Um, and you kind of, you have to drive like it's, it's certain things are, a, you know, like a, a while away and you have to drive to them to, in order to get to them. Um, unless you're living in like Coral Springs or like, you know, you could probably get away with the city, but if you're working most of the time, a lot of people don't work in that specific area. 
Uh, some of them go and find opportunities. Like I work all the way in sunrise. So I got to take the sawgrass to the highway to get to sunrise. Now, um, but, uh, you know, I, I never really thought of repetition until I got a little bit older. And then I listened to a motivational video, like I was saying earlier, I listened to a motivational video and it enshrined in me like, yeah, that it makes a lot of sense. Like once you look at it in a different perspective, because some people are like, oh, I don't have to keep doing the same thing to get this, right? But everything you do requires repetition in order to get to a certain skill level. Like, yeah, you could be average and skip the gym once in a while. But if you want to get to a result where like your bodybuilder status, you got to be extremely committed and you got to put in the repu, the, um, the repetition of, of working out basically to get there and eating. Eating's the hardest one, right? Working out so much isn't that bad. Um, I, don't, I don't really think the working out part's the worst part. I think it's the eating because you're set from a little kid all the way up until when you get to a certain point where you want to change your diet. And for me, I didn't even really start trying to change the way I was eating until probably like 22. And even at 22, I probably wasn't even really trying that hard. At 23 is when I really started to, or now basically, is when I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta really watch what I'm eating and stuff because now I'm sitting in a chair for eight hours and I'm not really moving around. So I got to be careful. Sorry. I got to be careful what I'm putting into my body. And I got to make sure that the, you know, I got to count the calories. I got to count, you know, exactly good things going into my body. And then I got to commit to the gym. So I burn off the excess calories, right? So that's the hardest part for me is really eating. I don't think working out is that bad. Uh, the only thing with working out is like the time factor. Cause I, I put so much on my plate sometimes where I'm like, damn, like it's going to at least be an hour to work out and then maybe like 20 minutes or 15 minutes there and 15 minutes back, which is only, you know, an hour and a half basically. And then showering, which is like another like 15 minutes probably or 10 minutes. Um, so it comes down to almost two hours that I got to throw in to go into the gym basically. And I'm like, like, damn, like I, I got to really do this uh, report for, for college tonight. So I end up skipping it and I try to make it up. Same thing with like these episodes. You'll see with, um, with these episodes with goals and updates – sometimes like I'm so committed, like I want to, like you guys don't even understand. Like I, I like when I get out of work and I'm like, Oh yes. Like today I'm going to do goals and updates. Like I enjoy this. Like if I could do this and get paid and not have to go to that job. Oh, in a heartbeat, I definitely would do it. Right. I'm not at that status yet. I haven't hit that reputation point where I've made so many of these where I, I'm, I'm well known. Right. So I can't do that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, you know, sometimes you get like you get lost in, in time. You, get, you do get lost in time. Like, uh, if, if you've noticed, like, sometimes I've had to make it up. Like, this, uh, this is a makeup episode. Like, I, I normally don't do them on Thursdays. It's just because I had to make it up from last week. So, but that shows that I'm committed, right? I'm committed to making up the episodes rather than just saying, all right, it was last week. I don't want to do it. Um, but it's reputation. So, you got you to gotta understand that um, reputation is, is the key to anything that you want in life. And that's what this motivational video is telling me was uh, you take any successful person and what they have in common. Movie star. Movie star had to physically be committed to the role in order to get the role, right? That, uh, you could take um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio because that, that's one of my favorite ones. And I feel like he doesn't get a lot of um, like awards. Like Emmy, um, I don't know. I think it's Emmys would be the movies. Um, I don't watch that stuff. So if you're like, oh, he doesn't know what that – it's because I don't, I don't watch – I really don't waste my time watching that stuff. But um, out of any of the other actors, I really feel like Leonardo DiCaprio is one of, like, the most 
um, amazing actors that I've ever seen in, in roles before. And I feel like he's very underrated, meaning like he doesn't win a lot of awards. And I, and I never understood why. He plays some of the craziest roles. He's an extremely well put together um, actor. And uh, he, I, I feel his energy every single time he acts in a, in a role. Um, but anyways, uh, the point is that in order for him to be where he's at, making that amount of money, being able to go on yachts, being able to do X, Y, and Z, he had to be fully committed and he had to keep up with repetition. He had to keep on doing the roles. He had to keep on showing up. He had to keep on trying to you know, knock on that opportunity, that door of opportunity to get that role. Right. And if someone denied him, he just went on to the next thing or he tried again on that same role if he really wanted that role. But uh, it all starts with reputation. Reputation is the key to success. It, it, it's a must. You have to have reputation in order to be successful. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no maybes. It's reputation 110%. 110%. That is the skill that every millionaire, billionaire, and um, anyone that's successful in life has. They have that one skill in common is reputation. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the second topic. So the second topic is never assume. All right. And I came up with this topic because so many times I'll come into a situation where someone's judging someone else or someone is like, um, I don't know why this person did that and, and they should have done this. And, um, and this person's stupid cause they didn't know this. And it's, we live in a, in a society right now where, uh, or, you know, we've always lived in a society. I shouldn't say right now. It's, it's always been kind of like this where people judge everyone, everything, everyone. And I'm going to get in this one. We're probably going to, uh, the reason I wanted to put a little bit more on this one, cause this one I'll talk about for a lot longer than repetition. Um, repetition is a little bit more simple than this one. This one, I, I, this one is one that hits home 110%. So with, um, with never assume we obviously live in a society that, um, and always have that judge like crazy. I had my ex-girlfriend, I'd watch a movie and, th and this is, I'm going to give you true examples of how, and, and, and some of you might not really pay attention until after I tell you this and then you'll start paying attention and seeing it. I feel like a lot of people, like most people would agree with me on this one, but I'd watch an, a movie, let's say a horror movie. Cause uh, you know, I really like the horror, the horror genre. And at the same time, um, my ex-girlfriend was really into horror too. Like we went to Halloween Horror Nights. We would watch like a lot of horror movies on Netflix and stuff. So anyways, we'd watch a movie and we ended up watching a horror movie with her dad. Now, whenever I watched a movie, whether it was horror, any type of genre, anything we did, they would always judge what was going on. Oh, that, that can never happen. Oh, I don't know why they did that. I would have done this. Oh, that person's stupid, right? So all the stuff that I just like went over in the beginning, they would do on anything they did, watching movies, playing video games, uh, driving a car, um, eating food, the way they made the food, how they made the food for each other, uh, how the person drove up into the driveway, like anything you could think of, they judged and automatically came to a conclusion of like, that's wrong, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not free of this one at all, but, and you should, and you should, you should in a sense question things. Like I think there's a difference between questioning and just judging. 
Um, but at the same time, like sometimes you have to judge. Like if you're, if you're in a uh, jury, you're going to have to judge, right? You're going to have to um, judge the outcome and put the evidence together and stuff. Uh, if you're driving and there's an accident, you're going to have to, you're going to have to judge what happened. Did you do something wrong? Uh, most likely it was your fault, but, um, you're going to, there's certain aspects or at a job, you're trying to improve your results. So you have to judge yourself or you have to judge the outcome, right? At, at the gym, it's a perfect one. You're going to have to judge yourself. Like, should I do more reps? Should I keep doing this? Should I change up the routine? Should I go on different days? Should I eat less when I, before I go, should I eat more? Right. You're going to have to judge. But I don't think people realize how much other people really judge things. And the big one is people. And um, I've heard like people in my family say it. I've heard, uh, I've caught myself thinking certain thoughts where I'm like, that was really stupid. It's because of that. And the typical one is politics in this one is like, you hear someone, you'll hear someone talk about something and you'll automatically assume that they're on one side. Uh, so if I was talking about guns and let's say I was, I was pro guns. All right. And, um, I overheard someone overheard me talking about pro guns and let's say like, even though like, um, I am Republican, but let's just say like I was Democrat just for this example, I was Democrat. Right. And, but I happen to believe in the second amendment and I'm pro guns, but I really register with the democratic party on a lot of the topics. If I would automatically if I, if someone overheard me into a conversation talking about, you know, I, I, I believe in guns, I believe in the second amendment, I believe in, you know, I'm pro, I'm pro guns. They would automatically assume I'm, I'm conservative or right wing or Republican. Right. So that's what I mean. Like sometimes I catch myself doing that where I'm like, we talk about something and I'm like, okay, the reason they don't agree with this is because of this. And they're probably registered as Democrat or in their viewpoint, they align more with the democratic party. Or it can go vice versa with the Republican Party, right? Like I talk about something and they agree with me on, on a certain topic and I go, oh, okay, they're probably more Republican. They agree with this and they probably agree with that and they probably agree with this, right? So I tend to do it too. It's just natural. Like it's, it's something that we're naturally doing that we don't realize we're doing. I just sometimes catch it and I'm like, all right, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't assume that it's this, right? I can't assume that I don't know. I have to act like I don't know. Like, for instance, this could work with people that you might think are, um, you know, you, you might think they're gay just because of the way they talk, the way they act, the way they, um, the way they kind of present themselves to you. And maybe they're not, maybe that's just how they are. Right. But, you know, sometimes you tell yourself, you know, like, cause I, I've done that too. Like I've talked to like my mom before and I'm like, I think this person is gay, but you know, I can't tell you that they are cause I don't know. I just assume in a sense because they act like this way or they talk like this and people have brought up certain comments, but it's never been confirmed from him directly. So I don't know, but I'm just assuming that he is right. So that's, that's where, you know, the hard part with the, with assuming is we just don't realize that we do it sometimes until someone points it out. Like I've pointed out hundreds of times with people where I'm like, if you really believe in this, then you probably, then what you're saying isn't really true, right? You're just assuming because you align over here that this is correct, right? That's a little bit more political, but uh, this happens with anything. It doesn't have to be political. It, this, this is anything. But um, the point that I was trying to make is, uh, you know, we, we assume a lot. Now, that was, one, that was one example that I gave you with myself, 
of like just politics in general. Um, and I'll hear something and I'm like, okay, like this person probably aligns here. The other example I can give you with never assuming, and I end up, I end up doing it sometimes too, is uh, if I'm driving, right? And someone cuts me off and I'm like, oh, that, per that person's an a-hole, right? That person's an a-hole, man. And, uh, and like that, probably, that, per that person's probably a bad person, right? Sometimes you do that because you get caught in emotions sometimes too. Like the, the, the biggest problem is like your emotions. Like emotions sometimes cause you to go and assume something because you're, you're too emotional on something, right? So, um, so like I've had that issue and I'm, I've had to tell myself like, all right, like maybe, maybe he felt like he had to do that. And, may, and he's probably not a bad person. Maybe he's late for work and he's just in a rush, right? And he's like, oh shit, I'm late, I'm late for work, right? So, you know, so, so sometimes you have to step back and be like, all right, like I'm assuming too much. And it's very hard. I'm telling you, a lot of people can't do that. If you can master that, if you can master like never assuming things and always looking for an answer. Oh man, you, you like, you'll, you'll rule the world in a sense. You like, you'll have everything you want because you won't say the wrong thing. Like, that's where it comes down to it is sometimes you say the wrong things because you assume and then you, and then you ruin, you ruin certain things, right? That's why selling, like they say never to assume. Because if you assume that, oh, okay, you're automatically going to get the sale because of X, Y, and Z, uh, and then it doesn't happen, you kind of screwed yourself, right? Or, um, or you're like, okay, I can say this to this customer because this customer is definitely one of me, like one of uh, the way I'm thinking. And then you go and you say something and it was the wrong thing. They take it the wrong way and you lost the sale, right? So that's why they say never assume. Always be professional in sales or in customer service regardless, right? So you got you to gotta be careful. Sorry, this thing pops sometimes. Sometimes I get, I get excited and I get too loud and then uh, I'm, I'm holding like a little handheld one. So never assume. It's the biggest mistake I've made in my whole 23 years of, of living. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times at work, uh, family members, friends. I mean, anyone does this. Like almost every single person does this. And I'm telling you, you just don't realize that you're, you're assuming certain things. But I, I really like, I always throw, the, I always throw that um, quote out, you can't judge a book by its cover until you read the book, right? Because that's a perfect one. Like uh, so many people, like if I showed them a book on sales and they're like, I don't want to learn how to sell. And I'm like, no, it's just, it's not, it's not going to teach you how to sell. It's going to teach you the idea of selling. And they're like, like, oh no, they're going to try to get me to sell. And I'm like, well, have you read the book yet? Have you given the book a shot? No. The best one is um, food. Food's the best one. I, my my ex-girlfriend, actually previous ex-girlfriends, it wasn't even just the one, and friends, uh, they'll be like, oh, I hate broccoli. Or I hate this because of the texture of it. And I'm like, have you tried it? And they're like, no, I just, it just looks disgusting. I don't want to try that. And like they've never tried it, right? They just assumed that it was going to be bad. So the, the point that I'm trying to make is never assume. Always go into something and try it, uh, whether it's sports, whether it's food, whether it's uh, a different culture. And that's one of the things I've learned, uh, especially with um, my ex-girlfriends, was like I've dated a Spanish girl. I've dated a Vietnamese girl. So I had different cultures that I was never, I've never experienced before. The most interesting one was um, the Vietnamese culture because the food was something I would have never, ever tried if I didn't date that person. 
right? I've, I would never have gone into a Vietnamese restaurant and tried certain food. Like, uh, I think it's, um, uh, someone's probably gonna yell at me for saying it wrong, but I think it's like pho. And like, that was amazing. Like that was probably the best dish I had, which was just like, uh, it's like meat and noodles and a soup broth base. And it, it was crazy. Cause like, if someone would have told me that before, I would have never have said, Oh, I'm going to try that. doesn't really sound appealing. Right. The name, I didn't know what that was. I don't, I, you know, I didn't know what the dish was. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make is like, go experience different things. Don't assume because uh, you're like, oh, they kind of tend to do this, that I'm not going to like it. You got to go try things. Don't assume things. Uh, food, cultures, um, uh, you know, religion. Religion's a big one too. Like some people are like, oh, like I'm, I'm Hindu or I'm Catholic. And they're like, I don't really care what the other person's religion is. Like, I don't, I don't really care to learn. I took a world religion class in college. And I learned a lot about Hinduism. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, i trying to think of the one that's um, a lot of Catholic. Like, I already knew a lot, obviously, about um, the Catholic faith and, or the Christianity faith because I'm Catholic, so I already knew a lot of that. But the cool thing was I learned about Judaism. And I didn't know anything about Judaism. And the coolest part that I learned was Judaism is based off of uh, – or Christianity is based off Judaism. And what people don't realize is they, they take the two and they separate them a lot, Judaism and, and Christianity, but they basically do the same thing. They, they, the way they, they worship might be a little bit different, but it's really based on the same ideas and it's really based on the same, um, like they both fast, they both, uh, they both believe in God. Uh, they just don't believe that Jesus Christ is the savior, which is Christianity. They believe they're still waiting on the Messiah or the savior. They're still waiting on the savior. Christianities believe that Jesus Christ was the savior and the Messiah. And that, uh, you know, it's, it's already, it's already, it's already happened. Um, uh, Jews or Judaism doesn't believe that they don't believe Jesus Christ was the savior. They believe that they're still waiting on the savior. It hasn't happened yet. So that's the big difference, but they believe in the same apostles. They believe in the same, um, the same, uh, like God in a way. They just don't believe in the savior part of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the only real difference. And like, they basically pray the same. Um, a lot of them, uh, they, um, I don't know if this is like a, a Jewish thing with the beards, but I'm pretty sure it's just religion in general. I want to say, I don't know if it's just like, I don't know too much on that part, but the point that I was trying to make is that a lot of people judge it. A lot of Christians judge Judaism and they're like, Oh, like they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the savior, you know, all this stuff but they don't know the religion well. A lot of people don't know that. If you ask a lot of Christians that, a lot of Christians don't know that, by the way. A lot of people don't know that, that Judaism is basically the, almost the same form of Christianity. They don't know that, I'm telling you. So that's the most interesting thing I learned in world religion class. And I learned a lot of other religions that I don't remember all this stuff, but uh, I learned a little bit of like Muslim. I, th I think, I think that's, how you, that's how you say it. I might be wrong on the term of it, but... I learned that and like, I had no idea of any of that stuff, right? Um, Hinduism was very, very cool too, because I learned that they believe in, in God, but they believe in multiple gods, which is, which is pretty cool. They believe in like uh, deities, I think is what they call them. They believe in like a sun God, a water God. Uh, um, they just believe in multiple gods that produce an outcome of something. And the most interesting part with that is they do believe in reincarnation, like a, almost like a heaven and a hell. But they just believe in, they call it karma, 
right? Which is basically what Christians believe in and, and, uh, and um, Jews believe in. They believe in that you're going to be judged at the end of your time. Same thing with Hinduism. They believe in karma, which is, uh, you know, what, what's your outcome after you've lived your life, basically, like you're judged. And then they believe in reincarnation. The only difference between Hinduism and uh, Judaism and Christianity is that Hinduism believes, or Hindus, uh, believe that they come back as a spiritual being, like a cow or a tree or some type of uh, form of, um, like a spiritual form, rather than like, oh, your spirit just goes to heaven or your spirit goes to hell, right? That's the big difference. But they all believe in the same set of rules. I, and the funny thing is I had this conversation with Ashma because Ashma is Trinidadian. So she, um, her family is, is Hindu um, or they, they believe in Hinduism. Well, that's the religion or whatever, right? But we had the conversation because she didn't really understand, like, the Catholic side of, like, the whole thing. And then I was like, but I thought about this for a long time. All right? I thought about this for a long, long time. Um, I do – and I'll tell you my theory after because it is very interesting because we're talking about religion. But um, the thing that I was trying to say was they kind of all – oh, they have the same rules. So like they don't believe they don't believe in sex before marriage. They don't believe in drugs. They don't believe in. Um, they basically just believe that you should contribute to society and what you contribute back to society help the poor, help the homeless, help uh, you know help people make a difference in the world and karma will basically come back to you. Oh, that's so funny she joined. Um, Ashra, I was just talking about uh, I was talking about the two the the religions like Hinduism. Christianity, Judaism, the conversation we had a long time ago, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But um, I was going to say, uh, but anyways, they're all the same. Now, the theory that I have, which uh, some people might believe and some people might not not believe, uh, my, uh, my aunt didn't really, didn't like the, the theory. But the theory that I have is they had to sell the ideas, right? So back, we're talking about centuries, hundreds and thousands of centuries ago. Um, or not centuries, but, you know, basically like hundreds and thousands of years ago. All right. And they had to sell it. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have a phone. They didn't have like ways of, of getting the message out. They had to go on ships. So they had promoters that would go on the ships and they'd go to different towns and different cities. And they would basically be like, Hey, this is, and they'd tell stories. That's where the Bible came into place. That's where like, uh, um, the Quran basically came into play. Like, that's why you have all these books. Right? They started off in books. They didn't start off on like the internet or anything. They started off in a book. right? And they had to go and pass this book around and promote it. So I don't know if you guys, everyone should have, know the, the game telephone. right? You tell one person, you start off with, someone starts with the message. They go through the people and they whisper in each person's ear that's next to them. And they get to the end, they go, okay, what, what was the sentence or the saying that the first person said? And normally you don't get like, you don't get it perfect. Sometimes you do, but it's because you're, you're aware of it, right? You're aware that you have to say the same thing the other person said. But most of the time, like 90% of the time, you get something that's completely different from what the first person said, right? And sometimes you can tell by what the first, once the first person says, like, I said this, you'd be like, oh yeah, it does make sense. But normally it's twisted in small little areas. You're like, oh, like I didn't say this. I didn't, I didn't really hint towards that, right? So my theory was that all the religions could be one religion, right? It could be one religion that went around and they promoted it 
because notice how Judaism broke off and a lot of these religions are broken off into from one religion into another religion, like Mormons, Christianity, Catholics, uh, Judaism. They're all broken basically off of the same idea. They just don't believe in certain aspects. So they broke off and created their own religion, right? Or own religious group. Um, I don't know too much on the, the, the Hindu um, or Hinduism type religion on like the history of it, how it was created and all that stuff. I don't remember all that stuff, but uh, my theory is that at one point it was one religion and they marketed it to everyone on ships and it was just like telephone. Basically like they told this one person that one person tried to describe it and then other people took it into consideration and maybe like adapted into their own way. They're like, Oh, I don't really like this. I'm going to change it to this. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is all those religions believe in a God. They most of them believe in reincarnation. Um, they all kind of believe in the same. It's all structured similar, similarly, or like almost the same in a sense. So that was my theory. It was like telephone. Like back then they had ships. They didn't have phones. They could call like their neighbors, their friends or telemarket. Um, they didn't have TV where they could broadcast to a large audience across the world. They didn't have all the resources we have now. They had ships. Um, so that was my theory. But, you know, you can tell me what you what you think about it. But that, that was just something I came up with because I started thinking about some of this stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting that Judaism was formed first. And then Christianity was kind of brought from Judaism into its own religion. And then I looked into Mormons. Mormons kind of the same thing. Like, they kind of they believe in God and stuff like that. They just don't believe in certain aspects from Christianity. Now, um, let, me, let me see here. But yeah, so, that, so that the whole point that I'm trying to make is never assume. Just don't assume. Don't assume because this person's black that they have to do this. Don't assume because this person's white, they have to do this. Don't assume because this person's white, he's going to be a republic or a Republican. Don't assume that because this person's black, he's going to be Democrat. Don't assume, you know what I'm saying? Like, just don't assume. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to make here is like, um, I think the biggest problem is we just assume on everything that this person's going to do that, or this person's going to be like that, or this person said this, so this person's going to go and do that. Uh, never assume. The people that assume are normally, uh, some of them, you know, you, you might be right when you assume, but what happens is it, it already, it forms that opinion on, on that thing. And then you can't, it's hard to change it. Like you're stuck in, you're stuck in that viewpoint. So that's why like, it's very important not to assume things. Um, and this is kind of like what your parents should have taught you too, with like judging people. Um, like, uh, like right now, like, you know, the whole thing with like the rate, the racism thing that's going on right now where people are talking about, uh, that society's all messed up and everyone's racist and like, we got to change everything cause it's ra It's all racist and racism and bigotry and all that stuff. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't believe in all that shit, but if you're someone that believes in it, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Like that's what you believe in and, and it's fine. Um, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is uh, I don't think people, I don't, you know, that's, that's a political topic. I don't want to get into that. that. We're not on a political channel. Really. But, um, but the point of the matter is just don't assume, just don't assume, try to try to pick up on it. I'm telling you, try to do it. Like try to go 24 hours and pick up on, try to like, go through your thoughts. And when you're, when you're thinking about something, be like, Oh, did I assume that? Or did that really happen? And you'll be surprised within probably like the first hour, you automatically probably assume something already. Like you're probably assuming something on me right now. Right. You like, you're either probably watching me and you're like, you're probably assuming because I said, I don't believe in, um, 
I don't believe in like the racism thing that's going on right now in the news and in society as a whole, um, in a sense that I'm, I'm, I'm racist. And that, that's, you know, that's, that's your opinion. Um, I'm telling you, I'm not even close to being a racist at all. Um, but people will say the way I'm talking is bigotry and racist or whatever, but you'd be mistaken because I'm probably the, the, one of the, the, one of the few people that you could ever mistake in being racist. I have, I have way too many things where it would 110% contradict you on it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. That's what I tell myself. You know, I can't please everyone. It's not gonna, when I made this show, cause sometimes I get things from like my mom, I'll be honest with you guys. Now, this is a show of honesty and updates and all that stuff. Um, sometimes I get people that come back and they're like, like, this is, th- this was, uh, I didn't like this. Right. And I'm like, okay. Like, what didn't you like about it? And they'll tell me and I'll be like, well, you know, I understand why you wouldn't like that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change it. That's just who I am. Like the cursing, like someone complained about cursing. And then my mom, I ended up telling my mom and she's like, yeah, I saw that. And she's like, do you, like people do tell me you curse a lot or I, I don't know, something like that. And, uh, I was like, you know, it's, it's live. <laughs> I can't, um, I can't edit things. It's live. So whatever happens, happens kind of like TV, right? Like some TV shows, they can't edit out the curse words. So you'll hear them. And they even tell the people not to curse. Um, it, but it happens sometimes. The other thing too is, um, you know, it's my show. Like I want it to feel real. I don't want it to feel censored. I don't want to, I don't, that's why I like the live aspect of this show of goals and updates is I don't want it to be censored. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I want you to see it how it is. Um, I don't want to cut things and, and make it fake looking. Uh, I, mean, I want to I want to show you that I'm a real human being that's coming on to these, uh, these goals and updates and that I'm bringing on real people, right? So if you saw like Fabrizio and Brian, like, you know, they're not, they weren't, they weren't perfect on the show, but they, they gave the show some real energy, some real personality, right? Because it's not just me coming on here and, and going through topics. So the point, you know, that's why I try to bring on random people, like random people that don't even have any like production experience. Like, cause I didn't, I, I started off these live streams. I don't have any productive um, or production experience a little bit, but not really. Right. I didn't have my own live stream or podcast going. I just started. I just did it. So um, that's that. But real quick, we're going to go into um, done deal investments, wrap it up. And then I'm probably not going to do another one until Monday. I'm going to try to give myself some time. I'm going to study for this accounting one test, which I'm going to pass. Hands down, I'm going to give A plus on that test. Um, I got to go study. I got to do the homework tonight for it. And so I do homework, study for that. And I got to like pay some bills tonight. I got to go in. Uh, my, my, my one friend wants me to go look at hotels in Papano Beach. I think they're going to go rent something. So I told him I'd go do that. I think also tonight I got to meet up with uh, Jonathan, who I've been trying to follow up for for the last two months. Hopefully get that done, move on with that, and uh, get you know make some money off that. Um, the other thing, too, is so we're going to – I don't really have anything else. I don't know why I said that. But we're going to go into Dunn Deal Investments LLC right now. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Done Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, this business is designed to take a distressed seller with an investor. So I only have one hand, so I can't do two hands. One in, or a distressed seller with an investor, and put them together on a deal. All right. And the reason for this is there's not a lot of resources for homeowners. You can go to the bank and get a mortgage, and you can go and do X, Y, and Z, but 
there's really not a lot of um, there's not a lot of help out there or resources where these people will help you. They're kind of like if you went to a bank and you got a mortgage and you went back to the bank, they'd be like, okay, well, we already gave you the money. Like if you can't keep the payment, that's not our problems. And then they go to try to repossess your house because you're missing the payments. They don't really, they, they don't really work with you. Right. So I created this so I can help people uh, that are, you know, are struggling and they're going to, for, if you have a mortgage, your credit's going to be destroyed. Right. If you get, if your house gets repossessed, uh, it's gonna, you're going to, your credit's going to be destroyed. You're going to lose all that money that you put into that property and you're going to lose it for nothing. You're going to get nothing out of it. So um, what this does is it gives the investor money off of um, flipping the home and then the seller gets out of the financial situation and gets to walk away with the cash and gets to basically save um, their credit and get paid for like what the house is really worth. Right? So that's the cool part about this whole thing. Now, this works with uh, pre-foreclosures, foreclosures, uh, liens, um, job transfers. You got to sell any, any type of uh, element where you have to sell the house extremely fast for straight cash. Now, um, if you inherited a house, sometimes those are rough. Like you inherited a house and you're like, I already have a house. I don't want this one. Uh, sometimes it's not kept in the greatest conditions because sometimes it's elderly people that take care of the home. And sometimes they're not capable of really doing that. And they just kind of let things go on the house. Um, divorce, go through a very, very messy divorce, which is like we're at a 48% rate, I think, still of divorce where people are, you know, it's kind of getting common now where people are getting divorced and they're going on to another marriage or they're just trying to get out of the old one. Um, that's something that I could help you with. Uh, not the divorce part, just selling the home, obviously. Now, um, how this works is it's a three-step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact me. Now my contact information is everywhere. If you're on Facebook, it's in the description. I have the website. Um, and if you're on Instagram, by the way, you can even go to my Facebook page, probably better. And, uh, on Instagram, you, I'll have the website as the first comment. So you just go to the website. It's probably, that's probably way easier for you guys. But anyways, um, you can go on to Facebook, Facebook page, you can go on Instagram, Twitter, you can go on my website at www.dundealinvestment.com. You can go on, you can email me at dundealinvestments at outlook.com. You can reach me on my cell phone at 954-857-6450. And I think that's basically everything I can think of off the top of my head, but it shouldn't be hard to reach me. Like there's plenty of ways you can reach me now. Once you reach me, which I do prefer the phone, it's just easier. We'll get through the questions faster. Um, what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you some basic questions to get me familiar with the situation that you're in that you're trying to get out of or, uh, you know, just the situation that you're in. And then the second um, base questions are going to be like what the condition of your property is in. So that way I get a better understanding before I even get to the property. Now, once I have all those questions, we're going to set up to step two. And we're going to set up a appointment for me to go to your, your property and look at the property. Now, um, how this works is I'm going to bring a sheet and I'm going to write down everything that's like wrong with the property. Like, all right, you have roof damage, you have mold, you have broken windows, anything that is a cost to the investor. I'm going to write down on the sheet and I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. So 10 pictures in total. Now, the reason I'm doing the cost and the reason I'm doing the pictures is so when I go to step three to find you an investor to put on this deal, 
I'm going to just give them the, co the estimate cost that it's going to take to put um, into mint condition your property. And I'm going to give them the pictures so that way we don't have to have all these investors go to your property. It's just, it makes it easier for you as a, as a seller. And it's just, it helps, it just helps move the process faster. Now, what's going to happen after that is once we get the investor, um, I'm going to, um, well, before we get the investor, I got to negotiate with you on the deal, right? So how I'm going to do this is we're going to go into step three now and I'm going to go and find you, or not find you. I'm going to go and do comps in the location. So we're going to run comps. We're going to go to the three closest houses that represent your house the best that have sold in the last three months to five months, depending on how, you know, how often houses have been sold in your neighborhood. And then we're going to get an average price from the average price. We're just going to deduct the cost that we figured are going to be the expense of the investor. And then from there, that's where we're going to negotiate on is that price and the terms that you need. So if you need three weeks more to stay in your house, um, anything that you need where it's going to cause like maybe a little bit more time on the deal, you let me know and I'll work it out into the deal with the investor. So what happens is once we agree on the terms and the price, we lock it under contract and then me and you are going to sign a contract and agreement. Then I'm going to get the investor and he's going to sign on to the agreement and the contract is going to be locked. And then what we're going to do is, um, you're going to, we're going to give you the cash right? You're going to go and find another property to go in and either buy or rent or whatever you want to do. Uh, and then the investor is going to try to sell it, flip it. And then he's going to pay us. This is the coolest part. You're not even going to pay us commission. The investor is going to pay us commission or what they call a finder's fee. So what's going to happen is uh, we'll get paid from them off the deal for putting the deal together. And then if you need anything after that, if you need a realtor, if you need a home inspector, you need, um, you need anything kind of like financing or, or something. I'll, I'll find you like financing. I don't really have like uh, any, like I actually have a connection, but I mean, I'll find, I'll find you anything you need, whatever you need. I'll find you anyways. But um, I, I have contacts with realtors. I have uh, some of the best realtors that uh, are around in the Coral Springs or Broward County area. So I can definitely get you a realtor uh, home inspectors. I have some of those. Um, but anything you need that's past uh, what done deal investments can do for you, I can still give you contacts and references or anything that you need. All right. And then um, I'm going to tell you real quick what I want to do with this company. So, so like you have a bigger understanding of what done deal investments really is. Cause I get this question all the time. What is done deal investments? Is it just like another real, real, like, are you a realtor? Are you just someone that's trying to uh, invest in real estate? Uh, the answer is kind of yes to everything. All right. The, the real answer of done deal investments where my dreams and goals are to get it is um, into multiple aspects or niches in real estate. So what I mean by that is I can right now get you out of the financial situation or the distress situation that you're in, but I don't, I don't have anything in the company yet to get you to like the next, the next part. So if you needed a home inspector, that's where I want to get to. I want to get to a part where it's like a one-stop shop so once we get you out of the financial situation, you just continue with us and we go into home inspections. We go into finding, we have realtors on our team where we can go and find you another um, property that's within your budget and in your needs. We can then go into financing for that property. We'll have, uh, we'll have like a fi finance partnership with like mortgage brokers and stuff like that. Um, and so on and so on and so on down the line. That's where I really want to get done deal investments. But the thing is like the reason I can't do that right now or tomorrow or 
uh, the next day after that is it takes time to get these licenses. Like for home inspections, I have to go get licensed. I have to go take a training class. Um, and then I have to go and do some things to get the license. And then, um, I gotta be licensed obviously. So then I gotta wait for that. Um, and then I have to build some experience before I can, you know, before I even trust myself to sell that to you. So what I'm going to end up doing, cause that's the first thing I'm going to go into is, um, home inspection. That's like the first thing I'm going to add on to this business. Uh, I just feel like home inspections would be the perfect start. It'll help me get more understanding of education within the foundation of a property when you're investing into a property, right? And, and the codes with properties in Florida, or at least in Coral Springs, the Broward County area, but Florida in general too. And then I'm going to start doing some free home inspections. So once that becomes available, even if you want to be put on a list, I can put you on a list right now. Uh, so once I get licensed and I have to start doing some free home inspections, um, I'm going to be doing that for a little while just to build up some credibility. But uh, what I'm going to end up doing is free home inspection. So if you want to be put on a waiting list, you want your home to be inspected for free, you can hit me up and I'll put you on a list, like a waiting list on my computer. And then once I get licensed and certified, I'll, I'll reach out to you by phone or however you prefer reaching out to. And I'll just follow up with you. Now, um, most people are probably like, why, like, why do you want to do it for free? Like, why do you want to start off doing things for free? The reason I want to do free home inspections is because I need to build a reputation and I need to um, build reviews. So what I, my plan is, is to do a couple of free inspections for people. And then in return, you guys would just give me a, a review. Now, I'm not sure how much, I'm not sure how much exactly a home inspection would cost you. I haven't looked into that part. I, I'm assuming it would be like 150, maybe 200. Um, and you're probably paying mostly for labor because they have to go on the roof. They have to test elements. They ha it, it is kind of like a thing where it, it takes a couple hours for you to go around and test everything, test the, the sockets in your house and the, the circuit breakers and stuff. Um, so the, the point that I was trying to make is um, I need to build reputation. And if you get a free home inspection, I mean, think about this for a second. If you're a homeowner and I'm like, hey, I'll just, I'll do this inspection for free for you. And I'll let, I'll let you know everything that's wrong with your house. So that way you can invest in what really matters in your house. Because most people throw money into things they don't really know. They just think they need to replace that. Oh, it looks like it needs to be replaced. I'm gonna throw some money into that. I can literally tell you what's everything, everything's wrong with your house. Hey, you got some stress beams up there. I definitely would fix the foundation of that. Or, Hey, your, uh, your one electric, uh, electric, electrical socket is very, very low, right? It's got low voltage. Or I can look at your, um, your circuit breakers. That's the most expensive one is the circuit breakers, right? Or roof damage. Roof damage is a big one too. Or mold. Some people don't even know they have mold and like, it's just growing. They have a leak, right? And it's just growing mold and they don't know. Um, so I, I can help you, you know, basically tell you you have mold. I definitely would get that checked out as soon as possible because if you don't, it's going to be like a couple thousand dollar, um, fix, um, or roof damage, roof damage. Sometimes your roof will cost you a couple, like a couple grand. Like I, someone told me one time it was like 14 grand to fix his roof. I was like, Oh my God. Um, that was like someone that I was random talking to and they're like, yeah, it took me like 14 grand to fix my roof. I'm like, damn, yo. But anyways, um, I am like this is good stuff to know. Right. And I, I would do it for free. Right. So now like you got it for free. Now you know exactly what to fix in your house. If you want to sell your house for the full market value, you want to go and do X, Y, and Z with the home. You want to use some of your equity. Like, you know how much like money you should be investing into the home with the equity. So that's the whole point I'm trying to make to you guys is, um, 
you know, I'm just trying to give you like an, uh, a bigger general picture of done deal investments. Like right now it's just wholesale real estate. Um, I'm just helping distressed sellers that really need financial help and there's no resource to help them. And I'm trying to be that resource where I can help them out. That's what done deal investments is right now. But there's a bigger general picture where done deal investments will be heading very, very soon, by the way, because uh, I'm almost done with this college class. I'm going right into home inspections. I'm paying some money for a class, for some classes online. And then I'm going to try to go, I'm pretty sure you have to take a test at the end and you have to do some qualifications to get certified right from there. I'm, I'm going to start trying to, I'm going to start cold calling people and start trying to do some free home inspections. I'm going to start hitting up some of my friends, some of their families that have homes. I'm going to be like, Hey, free home inspection. Let me go in and do this. Just write me a review. Right? So if you want to be one of the first people to do that, cause that's not going to be forever. Obviously I got to make some money off home inspections. I can't do free home inspections forever. So once I start starting, I mean, I'm going to try to do as many as I possibly can for free and see how much business I can get in, in uh, reviews. But, you know, just reach out to me and, and I'll put you on a, um, I'll put you on like a, a list, that a pre-qualification list or whatever, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So I'm gonna wrap it up right now. So this has been episode 68 of Goals and Updates. We're almost on episode 70, guys. Like, that's crazy, that's mind blowing for me. So we're almost on episode 70. We're about, once we get to 70, we're like 30, you know, 30 episodes away. That's pretty insane. Of a hundred episodes of goals and updates. I mean, that's, that's, that's exciting guys. Um, but my goal for the goals and updates is really to get more people on this show. Like I would love to have Ashma on this show and, she, and, and like, if she's willing to do it, uh, and go through her story. So that way you guys don't, you know, then that's kind of proof of like the stuff I've been telling you about like the whole entire time. I don't know if she'd go that far to do that, but, um, um, I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll picture when she comes down. But anyways, this has been Goals and Updates 68, episode 68. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace, guys.